my finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances and HSA and FSA. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. And today we're going to go over the details of an HSA and FSA, who qualifies and why you might want one. So anything exciting this week? I've started packing. I packed one box. That's about it. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) This week, I officially graduated. So I do have my master's in personal financial planning. So very excited. Congratulations. Yes. Very excited to not be studying something right now. So yeah. What else are you going to do with your time? (laughs) That's a good question. Right now, I'm just trying to fill it. Honestly, with school starting, it's a lot of time trying to figure out how to do that online. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Health savings accounts. What are you going to tell us about it? So we're going to start with HSA, which stands for health savings account. This is a tax advantaged account created for individuals who are covered under a high deductible plan to save for a qualifying medical expense. Your contributions are made by the employee or the employer. And there is a limited max contribution. You can use your HSA to pay for qualifying medical, dental, vision, or prescription expenses. So there are a lot of things that can be covered by your HSA account. So that high deductible uh, health plan is what you're going to use your HSA on. So at HDHP is a high deductible health plan. And you're going to be required to have an annual out-of-pocket maximum this year in 2020 of $6,900 for a single or $13,800 for a family. That's when you're paying out-of-pocket for your health care. Unlike an HMO, a high deductible health plan is going to cost you quite a bit. And that is the purpose of HSA is to help you pay back yourself for any of your medical expenses. So who can get an HSA? Anybody who qualifies under these IRS standards, you have to be able to qualify for your high deductible health care plan. You have to have no other health coverage You are not enrolled in Medicare, and that's going to have to do with being 65 or not. And then you're not a dependent on someone else's return. The exception to the part about being a dependent is that each spouse could have their own HSA. And of course, if you're married filing jointly, you're not actually a dependent. But but in that case, you, you could still file for your own HSA. This is the account with the most advantages because the funds are contributed pre-tax, lowering your taxable income, which means that you have a lower tax liability. The interest earned on this money is also tax-free and the funds can be invested in things like stocks and securities so you can have that interest grow. And the money is also not taxed on withdrawals for qualified medical expenses. And your contributions are also 100% deductible. So there are a lot of advantages advantages with this account. There are some penalties, however, if you exceed the $6,900 single or $13,800 family contribution limit, then you will be taxed at 6% on average and that amount will not be tax-free. So there are some penalties. The withdrawals are done for any reason other than a qualified expense. They are going to be subject to both income tax and a 20% tax penalty. You are, you, it's your money, you can spend it, but you're going to end up paying that income tax, which you had an income tax benefit on, and then a 20% tax penalty as well. Okay, so who is a good candidate for an HSA? Healthy people and those with limited medical expenses who would benefit from paying lower premiums, as well as wealthy people who benefit from tax advantages and can afford the higher deductibles. 
So really, when we're talking about a good candidate, we're talking about oftentimes a younger person uh, who's sort of first getting into uh, a job and the job market and they don't have a family, so they're not having to worry about paying for kids' doctor's visits. They're really just themselves. The other benefit is by starting early, you get to use the time value of money because as you're putting money into this plan, it will continue to grow. And then if you choose to switch to an HMO for some reason, this money is still yours and available to you as you get older or even in retirement, you would still be able to use this. So it's 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 a nice plan because of all the tax benefits. Just to reiterate what Jennifer was saying earlier, that trip tax advantages available to you. Your contributions are tax deductible. The money you've invested is going to grow tax-free. And then when you finally withdraw it, you will not be taxed. You can invest this money in stocks and securities. And as they grow, this is all tax-free advantage money for you. You can then use this money as a long-term care account for yourself or even a retirement account because at 65, you have to start making withdrawals. And in fact, you cannot put any more money into this. You can reimburse yourself at any time though, as long as you have a receipt, then you can pay yourself back. So for example, if you didn't realize something was reimbursable and then you find out that it is, as long as you have that receipt, you are able to pay yourself back for it. So it's not as if you've missed a window of some kind. Another benefit to this is if you are older than 65 and can no longer contribute, you are able to withdraw from this account for any reason without penalty, but your income tax would apply. So for example, if you needed to pull money out for the payment of some kind of a bill or or something unrelated to your health care, again, this is after age 65, you're able to pull that money out and There's no real penalty to this. You're going to pay, though, the income tax on it, which you never paid on it initially. So you're just going to be paying it at that time. There's a lot of great reasons to have an account like this. What about you? Do you have an HMO or an HSA, Jennifer? So my husband has an HSA that I believe he's... He started at one of his like earlier jobs just starting out. And he so he still has that HSA account. He has like a debit card to use with it so that you talked about submitting receipts for reimbursement. He can actually just or I can use it as well as his spouse. So um, we can just pay with that, pay a doctor bill or something with that debit card instead of having to submit receipts. And that's a beauty of that for the plans that allow you that. You don't actually have to get receipts to reimburse. But let's say, for example, if you had something done and you didn't have that card with you, all you would need is your receipt at that point to get reimbursed for it. So they're sort of covering themselves by saying, we're going to accept this charge and we can see that that would be appropriate for your plan. That makes sense. It's an easy way to do it. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about that 20% tax penalty because you can withdraw this money at any time. I could withdraw money today with the anticipating a $200 dentist bill next month or something. But I have to make sure that I then submitted the receipt if I was going to do it that way, because like you were saying, if you withdraw it for any other reason, then you will be you will have that tax penalty. Yeah. And, and again, under 65, there's a penalty involved, but over 65, there is no penalty. So the difference between an HSA and an FSA is? An FSA is a flexible spending account. There are some similarities, but there are, are some big differences with this account. So the funds put into this account are, again, pre-tax funds like an HSA, but they must be used within that tax year with no rollover. Some companies may allow you two additional months 
past that year. And sometimes the employer also allows up to a $500 rollover, but this is not required. So check with your HR because typically with an FSA, if you don't use it, you lose it. I know that I've always been worried about taking out an FSA because I never felt like I would use all of the money and I didn't right. lose it. Right. But typically when I think about it later, I probably could have used it based on some of the expenses that eventually came up. I know that when I would meet with the representative, they would tell me, you know, he would even give me a certain amount and say, oh, well, we say if you're going to use this amount, then you should take out the flexible spending account. And I say, oh, no, I won't use that much. And I probably did. <laughs> so I probably could have benefited from it in hindsight. But, you know, you live and learn. FSA is actually one of those things that I have used and did exactly what you said. You're, it's kind of a game figuring out, well, about how many times do we go to the doctor in a year? And then how much is a copay? And then multiplying that. If you have a monthly pharmacy that you have to get, any pharmaceuticals, then you could also say, well, I know I'm going to be paying for that monthly and include that in your calculations. And then I always sort of threw in an extra, I don't know, 30 or $50, just knowing that I'm probably going to have to get other over-the-counter kind of drugs with our, with our pharmacy and then just covered that. The beauty of it is, is that it does apply to so many medical things like glasses and, and things like that, that you, that you can reimburse yourself with that way. We also had a credit card type arrangement. It, for years, it was just uh, doing receipt reimbursement, which is just a pain, but the credit card makes it a lot easier. You just swipe it and then they cover that for you. And so like Kathy said, this can be used for a lot of different ex qualifying expenses, medical, dental, vision, lots, lots of different things can be covered this. You know, another thing, though, is that the CARES Act just announced that they would be allowing you to use over-the-counter drugs. So if you're buying Tylenol and anything else that you would buy over-the-counter, that would also be covered as well. And that wasn't the case. And the nice thing is, is that that's going to make it permanent as if any tax information is permanent. But currently, that's the plan is for it to be permanent. And I even found like doing a little bit more research with that, that it can cover, you know, it, it will even cover things like feminine hygiene products and even things like breast pumps can be covered with this. So things that you might not initially think about, it's it's a good idea to do some research to see if, if it is covered and you could benefit from using it for things like that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Another thing is with your FSA, besides a medical FSA, there is a childcare FSA. You're just setting it up the exact same way. You're saying, how much do I expect to pay in childcare? When you have a very young child, you are probably completely able to set aside the entire amount for childcare because you're going to end up using that more than likely over the course of the year. It covers any expenses for your child 12 and under. And like the FSA, you have 15 months to use that. So it's not actually 12 months. It's from January to March 15th of the next year. There is a limit of $2,750 for your contribution. You can, however, get that $2,000 limit doubled if both of you and your spouse take out the FSA. So that would give you, you know, over $5,000 to put towards childcare. Another great thing about the FSA and the HSA is that in either case, because you have made an arrangement with your employer that they're going to take out one 
12th or whatever, however often you get paid monthly of your salary. So for example, if you said, I want to take out $1,200, then they're going to take out $100 every single month until that $1,200 is funded. However, you can in January, even though that they're taking out your very first $100, you can go ahead and have that $600 dental job, even though you don't have money in your FSA plan yet, they will allow you to do that because they know they're going to get that money out of your paycheck. So you don't have to wait until the fund has $600 in it. You can go ahead and have whatever it is you need done immediately. And then as you're putting the $100 in, they're going to keep that $100 until you get up to the $600. So it's a it's a nice benefit. I know I had to have some kind of procedure done and I didn't want to have to wait until midway through the year for it. And I found out that was not a requirement that we could go ahead and just do that. And then I would be able to be reimbursed. So again, as you're making the plans and deciding if you're going to get an FS, say, decide what kind of upcoming things are coming up for you for the year. If you might need glasses or contacts or, you know, certain kinds of things that maybe you do annually or you skip and do every other year type of thing, think ahead of what kinds of things might come up. Obviously, you can't specifically plan for emergencies, but, you know, you'll have that money available to spend. Yeah, that's really good to know that you can kind of plan ahead for it. Even if you don't have the funds available right away, you can still use it. That's great. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Finances and HSA and FSA. We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and consider leaving a review because it helps us bring financial education to others. Let us know what questions you might have on our Facebook page or at financesand.net. And now you can find infographics on all of these topics that we're covering. Thank you to Jennifer. And they're on our website. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast can be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school, so you don't have to.